Welcome, you're listening to the Leading Hope Podcast. My name is VJ Williams, here with my friend and pastor, Kevin Jack. Thank you for joining us, taking time out of your day to become a better leader. If you're new, we release a new episode every Wednesday. Welcome, we're so glad you're here today. Uh, we'd love for you to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. Also, share this with a friend on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, and rate and review on Apple podcast. A few extra minutes will help us get this into many more hands of leaders like yourself. Uh, and visit leadinghope.online to get updates about the uh, Leading Hope community. Uh, and today, Kevin and your voice is going to uh, try to show up Let's go. For, for episode 145. This one's going to be a fun one. I cannot wait. You've entitled this Three Lies in Three. Ministry. Three. Three Lies in Ministry. So three lies in ministry. Sorry, I had to say it three times. So today, I, w- I want to take a little more church ministry focus. Okay. We try to keep this like broadly leadership applicable. Yep. But there's just some things. Some things. I want to get off my chest. Here we go. Is this the one? Yeah. And I titled it three lies and then I kept going. So we'll just see how far we get. Yeah. We'll hit at least three of the lies. Three, li- three lies. Yeah. That's, and there's just these like. Good because it's titled. <laughs> When it well, that's fine. No one's gonna no one, so like if we said this two was lies. three lies and we only did two, then people would feel gypped. Yep. But if we get to like five, oh, okay, yeah, that feels better. I'm with you. Hilarious that we're lying about the total number of lies <laughs> on the podcast about lies, but we'll keep going. Yes, please do. <laughs> so, um, so what I've just noticed is there's just like phrases that get passed down. Fair. And I'm sure this is true of every field. I'm. I'm only more aware of the ones in ministry because that's the field I'm in. But like people just like, they're just like cute phrases and everybody's like, oh yeah, well, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And so people, oh yeah. And there's just a number of these over the years that they're just not true. Right. Like they're just not. And I don't know why people keep passing them down, but the problem is that people are actually building their ministries off of these as if these are timeless principles when they're not even correct to begin with. Cool. Yeah. All right. So let's see uh, how far we get. Yeah. Line number one. What you win them with is what you win them to. It's the idea to say like, hey, whatever means we use to bring people to faith are the things that still have to be there once they're in faith. Okay. Hmm. What you win them with, the mediums that you use is actually the thing that you win them to. And, and where this gets said is really as a proponent of a far more simpler church, simpler medium, like, does that make sense? No frills, no thrills, no bait and switch, which are things I'm all for. I want to be clear on all yeah. those, but it's what you, this makes sense. Yeah. You didn't grow up as much church ministry no, world. I just no. want to make sure yeah, this, this is resonating. Yeah. Cool. And the problem is it's not true. Yeah. And how I know it's not true is because it's not true of me. Like I came to church for like the way I got involved in youth group was pizza, dodgeball, a little bit of girls in basketball, just endlessly. Why do you want to go to church? I might've said Jesus at one point in time, yeah. but that was a lie. Was <laughs> that the order? That, was it that? Oh no. The order was uh dodgeball, basketball, pizza, a little bit of girls. <laughs> Just, just be honest. Yeah, I know. Don't judge I mean, me on that, well, but that you're was not rare. lying, oh. even though that's not the lie. <laughs> right. But to say like that's that's why I came. That's why I was involved. Right. I thought those things were fun. And 
somewhere over time, something deeper happened in my heart and I truly gave all of my life to Christ. Yeah. And I would just say it as like, when I hear people say that, I always just want to go, no, like, no, it's not true. And I would say it like this, like you, you don't start a baby off. Mm eating meat and broccoli, right? <laughs> right. Like no one has infant right out of the womb. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. What you win them with is what you win them to. So we're, yeah. we're going to only give them what they No, You understand they have to start with something that's accessible, something that is easy for them to digest that they can just take in. For so many people, the first thing that they can just digest is just community that is healthy. Right. Community that is joyful. Yeah. And whatever those things are built around aren't the thing that is absolutely most important. It's you give them something to eat to begin with. Yeah, there's no uh, argument from me in any of this. I think I would rather ask the question in this 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 part right now is for the guy that did not grow up in the Christian circles. Uh, who says this? Like pastors, who, but but like, like who actually is who's repeating this nonsense? Because, uh, you want to get me myself in some trouble? Uh, no, I don't want you to say <laughs> names, but like no, I would not uh, say I names. I want to know what, where, like, what is that? Where's where's that derived from? Where are they? It is derived from a church that believes the only type of ministry that is important and meaningful is deep ministry. Like this sense of we're going to get into the confusing parts of scriptural. It's the, it's the type of ministry that views evangelism as auxiliary. It's secondary gotcha. to the gospel and okay. not central. So there's frameworks in place and that's where that comes from. They, yeah. they, that, I honestly big. think it really is the excuse for people who don't want to put forth the effort of doing the hard work of ministry. There we go. Okay. Cool. Line number one. Yeah. <laughs> Line number two. The key is community and community is created through time. Now I want to explain this full thing because, because it comes together. The key is community. Now this is not said as much as a repeatable phrase. Okay. It's not as kind of cheeky as that first one of what you win them with is what you win them to. But is this essence say the key is community and the way you create community is through time. I agree with the first part that the key is community. Yes. Healthy community matters, but you do not create community through time. That is not what takes place. You create community through shared, meaningful experiences. Shared, meaningful experiences. When, when a say it like this, um, a couple of years ago, went to uh, went to a NFL game, and um, crazy plays, field goal at the end of the game, kind of similar to NFL games this weekend. Uh, ball got kicked and it went off the edge of the goalpost and the home team won, not my team, home team won because the ball shanked off the edge of the goalpost. Yep. Strangers were hugging each other left and right. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, it was the biggest happy family I've ever seen yeah. in that stadium. Yeah. Man, they loved each other. And most of those relationships probably dissolved. But, but I really believe that is that when you're with a group and you experience something meaningful together, you naturally have a connection. Yeah. Now you do need time at some point, but to say it is like the best way to create community is just to give people a lot of time together is dumb. I believe the best way to create meaningful experiences initially is through fun. You cannot be mad at someone who you're having fun with. Yeah. Or to say it the opposite, you can't have fun with someone who you're mad at. Yeah. And so if you can create experiences that are fun, then all of a sudden that becomes the pathway to community. 
That's good. Um, who, uh, the, I agree. Uh, when one again, <coughs> trying to unearth these statements, yeah, uh, is important. <coughs> I think for some of us that are either new to ministry or been doing ministry, not, I mean, you're 36 and you've been in ministry for 32 years. So I mean, I, <laughs> not 38. all of us are, yeah, whatever. <laughs> they, I'm trying to help you out here, man. Thank you. Just take it. Uh, but like, you've seen a lot of this stuff be unearthed over time based yeah. on your experiences in different places. For those of us who, who, when, when we're saying community is created through time, what are they actually trying to get at in that moment? What like, are they trying to, is it any, I like that you're asking these follow-up questions. So just want you to know that because yeah. they're good. Yeah. I think um, that's, I need to understand that so that I can understand the lot. I hear it from pastors who are downplaying the significance of the Sunday morning experience. Yes. They downplay the significance of the Sunday morning service and yes. they say, no, 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 it's the emphasis on community is all the other things that happen the rest of the time. And we need to be aware of it, but we also need to be equally aware of how significant of a role the Sunday morning gathering has. I've used three different terms now for it. I'm just going to keep go yep. using synonyms as we go. <laughs> yep. Has for the formation of that community. I was in a meeting the other week and I heard a pastor say, um, it's always just the hospital visit in this that people remember. I believe those are significant. I want to be clear. But then he said, no one ever remembers what you preach anyway. <laughs> and I thought, no one remembers what you preach. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I don't say that egotistical and elitist. Right. I want to right. be clear because right. it could be viewed that way. Yeah. If your view when you get up there to speak is no one is going to remember what I say anyway, I can promise you, yeah. no one will remember what you say. Yeah, you're. Does that make sense? Yeah, you've decided already. Okay, if you're going, this isn't going to matter. Yeah, I can promise you, it's not going to matter. Yep, that's exactly right. Uh, not to go too far on this, but just uh, the community created through time. It's actually meaningful moments. When we were at the previous church, uh, we're at Highland Park Church now. Yeah. Before we were at Be Hope Church, uh, when we broke out this concept of the Jim Collins wheel. Yeah, uh, the momentum flywheel. flywheel of momentum. The first thing that we put on that block was create a captivating experience. Yeah. And people are like, oh, in church? Yes. What? You want what? And no way. And no, 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 no. We want, that's how communities formed because they remembered the moment and they said, did that happen with you? Me too. Oh, let's go back next week. Yeah. It became memorable and, and it wasn't because it didn't take time in that moment. It just came to that point of so, meaningful. So we get into this weird thing where whether people are aware of this or not, they're benefiting from it or getting hurt by it. Yeah. So we say like some of the churches that have the healthiest communities are churches that are laser locked in on the gathering of people. Yeah. And they're benefiting from the meaningful experience, even if they don't realize that's what's taking place. Yeah, that's good. That's good. We got one more lie left. I mean, I, to be fair, I've got six. Total. Oh, you got six? Okay. But one more prescribed lie. Well, we'll see how far we, we get. We have to at least not lie by having another lie. Okay. Uh, lie number three, don't go big on the weekends. It's just a bait and switch. <laughs> like Easter, Christmas, whatever it is. No, no, no. Just do what you normally do. Otherwise, it's bait and switch. <laughs> I would say it like this. Um, so uh, my family, we go to Disney far more than I would ever desire for anyone in the world <laughs> to go to Disney. I just feels good to get that off Hold my on, Before chest. you go, before you, we got, there's uh, there's three gentlemen in this room and they're all laughing right now. Sorry, it was yeah. too funny. <laughs> oh, they know it's true. They know it's true in yeah. my life. 
Uh, Disney is right now, as the time of the recording of this podcast, is celebrating their 50th anniversary yes. in Orlando. <laughs> and I just want to be clear, I would expect something to be different. Yeah. I would expect them to acknowledge it in a unique, special way. Yeah. Some different things to happen, some elevated things to happen. But I still expect when I go in that it's going to feel like Disney and that on year 51, it's still going to feel like Disney. Yep. So I think the important thing to acknowledge here is when we hit, I'm specifically here talking about like the Sunday morning service. When you hit significant weeks, your experience, your service, your gathering, whatever word you want to use. I don't care. I have a preferred word. I don't care though. What word do you use? Should be elevated, but it should not be different in essence. Yeah. It should be elevated in experience, but it should not be different in essence. If it is the same every single week, I got to tell you this, you're going to go, I'm not going to elevate it. It's just a bait and switch. And people are going to come in and they're going to go, that was boring. Yeah. I thought this weekend was like kind of more significant. It was a special weekend. Yeah. They didn't do anything. Yeah. And it gets boring and routine and mundane over time. And I think people do it because everyone else told them it's just a bait and switch. And that's a lie. <laughs> like that is not what we expect from the rest of the world. So why do we adopt the same false principles in our ministry? Oh, that's good. Uh, I got two things on this one. First Go. of all, for anyone listening, you're just, I just want to make sure this is clear. You're not saying church should be Disney. <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. I know, because before someone, the might, emails. someone would be saying, hey, he said church should be like Disney, like Mickey Mouse is welcoming people at the yep. doors. No, no, it's not what he's saying. It's a captivating, meaningful experience on yeah. a Sunday morning. Can I jump into that for a second? Yeah, please. So like when you read all throughout the gathering of worship, especially in the Old Testament, which is where we get more instructions, is we are told to have skilled musicians, skilled craftsmen. That's good. Like it said, don't throw anyone up there. Right. Skilled is what you're looking for. Yeah. I don't understand why some people define what is acceptable in the worship service today so narrowly that it can only be the more traditional artistic giftings that are allowed to be used. Yeah. Some people have giftings in light design in sound, in all these other pieces. Why is it only things that can't be plugged into an amplifier that are allowed to be used in modern gifting when That's it comes good. to worship services? That's good. That's I think it's good. crazy. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think the important part of this third lie uh, is the part that you said, raising your level for these special events, even from a week-to-week -week basis in general, just just a just a respect for doing it better is always yeah. a good thing. It's, I think there's a healthy respect there. Not to not because it was bad, just because you want to become better is a good thing. But at the end of the day, you said, but not to be different in essence. I yeah. think you've talked on this before. I think it'd be really powerful in this moment for you to speak on what you really mean about the word essence as opposed to completely change, which is what they're saying is the lie. <laughs> yeah, I would say it is like, uh, so let me say, if a Sunday morning gathering at your church uh, feels like a lament every week, and then they come Easter and it's joyful, and then they come back the next week and it's lament, Yeah, that is different in essence. There we go. Okay, I believe it should be elevated in experience, but it should still feel very similar core to your values and who you that's, are. That's a great explanation. Hey, listen, you met your quota on the lies. Did it, got the three uh, in. Do you have any other lies that you'd like to lie about? Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna <laughs> list off the last three. Just Ready? Yep. And you can just counteract anything you want. Uh, first one, the attractional church is dead. Oh. 
Yeah, people go, no one goes to church as a come and see thing anymore. Okay. Except they do. <laughs> like, right? Yep. They do. Yep. Like, no one no one wants the, the big experience anymore. You're right. Concerts have also gone bankrupt. Yep. Yeah. No no musicians are touring yeah, no, anymore. That's not how they the make world. any of their they go, money no, 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 anymore. They don't want that from church. No, no, no. Some, some people yeah. don't want that from church. Right. Some people don't. But why do we make this broad generalization over the culture as a whole, over your specific personal <laughs> preferences? That's good. It's so stupid. <laughs> yep. All right. Next one. Yep. Line number five. I was in a meeting the other week when I heard this. And I don't, I don't want this to be offensive, but I think it's important, the distinction. Yeah. And someone said, small church pastors need just as much training as large church pastors. Okay. And I thought, that's not true. <laughs> And I don't mean this, but, but their statement was because small churches have significant relational dynamics that you have to work through. So do large churches. It just happens in the components of the church board and staff and at different levels. You don't know those relational dynamics within every individual, but all those relational dynamics are there. But the other piece on top of that is you need to understand systems building, culture setting, vision casting, and communication clarity to a greater degree than you do in a small church. And so they said this just as a blanket statement, and this is where I just get really cynical and I probably shouldn't confess this, but the <laughs> largest church they'd ever led was 150 people. Yeah, And I wanted to say like, please, for a second, don't hear me like demeaning or belittling in any way. I, I want this to be understood as accessible because I want you to understand if you're feeling called to ministry, you can step into this at some level and not have all the skills you'll have later in life, not have all the tools you'll need later in your ministry as God increases your influence, that you can step into it and those entry skills you learn can be built upon in future levels in future decades in your life. I hope I said that okay. If if someone emails me and just like, hey, I'm really mad. I feel like you belittled the small church. I want to tell you, I'm sorry. Like that is not what I am attempting to communicate in this way in any way, shape or form. But that statement of they need just as much training isn't true. Right. Yep. No, I mean, I you're probably shouldn't have shared that. Well, you did. And it, it's did. probably true. So uh, last one. Ready? This is the last one. Yep. Uh, the modern church is dead. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I have I have <laughs> sat in circles of pastors that lead churches that said, well, the modern church is dying. None of us are going to have jobs in the next decade. Mm. So we need to prepare for that. Lies. And I sat there thinking, going, if that's what you think is the future of your church, your church is already dead. If you are at that leadership position and you assume your church as it currently exists is bound to die. Your church doesn't have a chance. The church you lead, I know it's God's church. The church you lead doesn't have a chance because you're going to lead it towards its demise instead of leading it towards health. Um, the, and this is the last thing I'll say on this, and then and we're, we're out of time. Go. Uh, our friend Craig Rochelle. <laughs> hey, Craig, if you're watching. Um, <laughs> has a statement in their statement of their church. And I love this. I really do. Of all the church statements I've ever seen, we'll do anything short of sin yeah. to bring Jesus to someone's life. To reach life. people for Jesus. To reach yeah. people for Jesus. Take, take that for what you want. Yeah. I mean, if, if you believe what you're doing, modern church, not modern church, is leading people to Jesus, do it. Yeah. As long as it's not sin. Yeah. That's all I got. What do you got? 
uh, close it out. I would just say this to say what happens is uh, people encounter resistance, face difficulty, or don't have the skills needed. And I'm sure I've done this as well, but they assume the thing that they are uniquely facing is now a principle for all time. And they start teaching false principles and then they get accepted because they're catchy in phrase. And I just want you to be cautious of that, of what you accept as truth, because it might not be because you'll build your ministry or your leadership on something that is a faulty foundation to begin with. That's it. Thank you for joining us. One, four, five, three lies in ministry. If you're new to the podcast or six, haven't yet subscribed. It would mean the world to us if you did that now. Also post about it, rate and review or both. You won't believe how that helps get this podcast in the hands. So many more leaders just like you. We love hearing your stories, how the Leading Hope podcast is working in your life or business. If you have a story, visit leadinghope.online and send that to us. We would love to hear from you. And remember, everyone has 20 minutes to learn to become a better leader, make it count.